everybody welcome back to another episode of big apple hockey and there is a lot to go over this week i say that every week because we always pack a lot into the show i mean why not we love to talk hockey i of course am your host mark williams and thanks for running into me at the garden dan shout out to you right now and uh, and already with the layup talk you know i didn't i didn't do all the all the topics actually that doesn't happen all the time and of course, the host of the final buzzer who did the last show, Mr. John Volkowski. I don't know what to say. Oh, okay. Uh, and of course, Mr. Anthony Larocco of the fourth period. How, how does the Virginia Capitol sound? Yeah, that's a little bit weird, but I mean, I don't think it's that far out. And I think they're actually going to draw possibly even more people. I mean, Capitals, you know. The way things are, do you really want to be in, you know, way I'm, I'm starting to vary into a different opinion. I have to go see a game at that center again. The I think it's the Verizon Center. But it was no. now it's Capital One Arena. Yeah. Now it's you Capital oh, One. Yeah. I mean, it's good whenever you can get the right sponsor, Capital One Arena. And then what wasn't it the um wasn't it the MCI Center before before Yeah, there was the MCI Water. Center when yeah, it started. It was, it was the Capital Center and it was the MCI Center. Yeah. And it became uh, Verizon Center. Then it became Capital One Arena. Yeah. Well, everybody, make sure you're checking out the rundown that's right at the bottom. And we're going to start going to the A block. And we had enough of putting the Islanders as the lead. So the New York Rangers decided to struggle and was the lead. By the way, as always, check out Big Apple Hockey Trucker Hats that are available. And we also have some shirts. And the A block is powered by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey, which is $20 off your first order. And guys, last week, the Rangers, I mean, I keep on saying it one and three in the last four games, one and two since our last broadcast. It's still first place in the Metro. Huge win handing LA their first regulation road loss of the season. But a lot of things just aren't exactly going well right now for them. Particularly, Igor Sesterkin, guys, 10 and 7 on the season, 302 goals against average, and a 902 save percentage. I'll flash his numbers since he returned from injury. Filk, I got to go to you. Do the Rangers have an Igor problem right now? You ready handing out layups? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. Uh, seriously, come on. Like, there's his numbers since returning. Are, are we blind or. <laughs> Well, you get the starch defenders that are going to say, "Oh, nothing's wrong. You're, you're. There's nothing to see here." Yeah, I, I'm tired of that portion of the fan base that wants to blame everything on the defense and act like this guy doesn't have a problem. I mean, I said it the other night. You, you would have, ex you would have been happy with a 900 save percentage from Quick and maybe like a two, a two eight five or two eight zero or two eight five goals against from him. Correct. That, that would have been – we all, all would have been like, wow, that you know good acquisition for a backup, right? Mm -hmm. No, we're not we're not getting that from the guy that's supposed to be the starter right now. And, yeah, he hasn't stolen a single game this year. And Maybe the Calgary game. No, definitely not the Calgary game. They played, they played about 45 minutes of really good hockey in that game. And even the, 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 the parts where they weren't playing – they weren't dominating Calgary. They should have won that game by a hell of a lot more than three to one. I, I went through 
I went through his. I'll, I'll pull it up again if everybody wants to hear it. I'll, I'll pull it up again, and we'll, we'll finally just get this stupid uh -huh. that he's you know that the defense hangs him out to dry every damn game. Get just let's get rid of this narrative because I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all the bullshit with oh well that that's oh, this defense hangs him out to dry. He's letting in weak ass goals like two of the goals that he let in last night. Mm -hmm. One to two goals per game. It's not one to two goals per week. It's not one to two goals per month. It's one to two weak goals per game. Per game. That is a problem. He is worse than he was in 2021 in that COVID shortened season. And everybody thought, oh, well, was he, you know, was he a flash in a pan? Was his great start just because they didn't have the book on him? All those questions were around back then. Zero, absolutely zero rebound control. Yep. His glove side high is a major weakness. Everybody's shooting on him there, and everybody's scoring yeah. on him there. The guy can't stop a beach ball right now. <laughs> yeah. He can't stop a friggin' beach ball right now. And now, all, and then everybody wants to defend this guy. He's not Lundquist. Stop it with the bullshit. Stop it. I'm tired of hearing it. Oh, well, he won a Vezina two years ago. That's great. This is not the same goaltender that we're getting right now. This guy's a head case. He's always in his own head. Last year, he was in his own head. The year before, he was in his own head. And then he got, you know what? I don't even want to hear it anymore. I, I really don't. It's it just, it's it's tiring to see every single person in the city. You can't criticize the goal. You couldn't criticize Lundqvist when Lundqvist had a bad game. Or he let up a bad goal. It, it, it's, you know what? Lundquist was consistent. And we were, it's like Mariano Rivera. We were spoiled with how good he was. So I, I, at least I can understand why the Lundquist defenders get their friggin' pitchforks out every time you say that he had a bad game or he let up a bad goal. But this guy? Seriously? Yes. He had a great 21 22 season. Great. He was excellent. He was peak Hashik level numbers. But outside of that, where is this? Oh, he's he's above reproach. Where is this? Where? I, I'm I'm just I'm tired of it. Oops. Every time he lets in a bad goal, there are certain people that I see, and then I know that they're going to be like, oh, well, here comes the people. The car accident had nothing to do with this. <laughs> the car accident was uh, a while before the. Uh, that was back in 2021. Yeah, yeah, and that really. I don't want to even get into that because it really doesn't have anything. But you know what? It, it's just Igor has is not good right now, and he's saying it. Oh, okay, I finally found it. All right, so here are the games that the Rangers have not hung Igor Shesterkin out to dry in. Opening night, they dominated Buffalo. They probably shouldn't even scored their only goal in a five-one win. Arizona. The team in front of them wasn't great, but they weren't bad either in that game. Calgary, they dominated them, like I said before. They should have won by more than 3-1. to one. Vancouver and Winnipeg, those were the two of the hardest-fought wins all season in those overtime wins against Vancouver and Winnipeg to finish off that trip. They were tired, they were on the road, and you could see that they were coming to the end of a very long Western Canadian road trip. Carolina. They lose Fox and Heedle in that game. That team battles, and they beat them 2-1. to one. New Jersey, 
Two of the three goals that New Jersey scored were terribly weak. Terribly weak. And then Philadelphia on the 24th of November should have dominated them by more than 3-1. to one. They hit, what, two or three posts in that game, had a shorthanded goal called back. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of this narrative. I'm tired of it. Yes, the defense has been crappy for the last, I would say, two weeks or so, probably since the Boston game, that they've really been kind of shit defensively. But this guy's in his own head, and he's letting in shots. That second goal that he let up, the Timmons goal. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Can't He saw that. He had enough time. He moved over to the side and flat out missed it. He missed the damn puck. Stop blaming the defense for that. It's not his. It's not their fault that he can't stop a beach ball right now. He needs to be better. And this doesn't mean that I think he's shit or that I think he doesn't deserve a, a contract or trade him right now like Dennis Lemieux or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. No. It means that he needs to get out of his own head and start playing better and start playing like the starter that he is. We know he's an elite goaltender. He's not that right now. He needs to get out of his own head. And if he needs a few days off to do so and just breathe and just sit back and meditate or something and work with a lair, then let Quick take the load for a little bit. That's what you brought him in for. It's working. This team needs to continue winning games. And if he's not giving them the best chance to win, then why is he going to continue to get the lion's share of the games, especially when this team is injured? Anthony, uh, Phil used up most of our time, so we're going to have to be quick. Go ahead. You know, he, he brought up a good point. He said beyond reproach. And I think every fan base has – I think every fan base has guys – that they kind of like love so much that it's, you know, you're, you're not allowed to criticize the player and he make excuses, but you know, he's, he's absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, he said everything I was going to say pretty much. Um, Igor Shosturkin is, is, you know, not, not good right now. I mean, you, he's bad right now. I mean, I think we can all agree. Like, you know, I would say nine twenty safe percentage and up is kind of like upper echelon border, you know, Ryan elite nine, you know, nine twelve to, you know, nine seventeen. That's kind of like good, and then you have like nine ten is kind of average. But he's at nine oh two. I mean, nine oh five and below is pretty much straight bad. There's no, there's no way to sugarcoat that. And right now, um, a backup. He yeah, right. And yeah. right now he he's bad. Um, he needs to find his game. I mean, we all saw his ability, what he did in his Vesna year. Um, and he certainly can. You know, he certainly can be. Uh, a lot better, uh, but the problem is he he needs to try to become a little bit more, a little more headstrong. Um, I think it was Core that kind of said he was mentally weak, and it was funny. You know, I said that. Um, Mark kind of disagreed, but I, I think you know two of us at least on this panel would agree that he is mentally weak. I, I don't I don't think he is. I think that's one of his bigger problems. Um, you know, Phil mentioned that Timmons goal after it went in, he kind of like put his arms up, kind of like almost like blaming the guys, like saying, oh, I, I couldn't see it. You know, you got you to gotta put the onus on yourself. You have to have a short memory, uh, and you have to, you know, you have to move on. Um, and he needs to be better. I'm just going to bring this up because it's a good point. You know, Ilya Sorokin has a 914 save percentage right now, which, you know, that's, you know, that's solid. And Islander fans are criticizing him. So it, it's, it's low I, for I, him. 
I, I think it's pro- the problem is when you have these two goalies that they have in New York, you know, they're used to fans are used to putting up, you know, 920 save percentages and above when they play the way they're playing, you know, the expectations more and fans get on them. Difference is, you know, Ego's at 902, which is bad. Sorokin's at 914, which is still pretty good. Just goes to show how people expect these guys to play. And, you know, I, I think I think Igor will get it back. But like Phil said, right now, you got to go with Jonathan Quick. He's the better goaltender. There's really no debate about that. Um, and then eventually, once Sturkin starts to get his confidence back, he could take the line share and net. But um, for now, they, they need to go with Quick because he's definitely the better goalie. Yeah, my version on this is that it's not that he's mentally weak. I just think that's what the modern athlete is now. They're, the modern athlete is streaky. They're front runners. They just, when things are going great, they can't go great enough. When things are going bad, they can't. They they get worse than anything else in the world. I mean, I, I almost want to compare Igor to Cam Newton, where he's just, he, he would roll over everybody, always find a camera, and always be doing his move, or I want to say back then it was the dap. And then now, I mean, when, when he's throwing interceptions, he's throwing his hoodie over his head and going, oh, I can't believe what's going on. Yeah, you're going to have to sit Igor. Now, do the Rangers have an Igor problem? You know what? Not right now. Because you got Jonathan Quick, who's playing the way Ranger fans want Igor to play. I'd be concerned about this with Jonathan Quick, though, guys. The last two games, other than the L.A. game, He's had an under 900 save percentage. The Rangers cannot afford quick to slip back into last year's quick. That's what oh, I'd be concerned about. Playing better defense in front of the both of them. I mean, it just goes to show you that you know one is getting the wins while the other is just not getting the job done. Yeah. And, and Valaket pointed it out the other day when he pointed when he posted that stat. It, it just it, they're roughly getting the same product. Oh. And then that's another thing. It's just, oh, they're not playing the same way in front of Quick as they are in front of Igor. No, you shouldn't be allowing five goals to the Sharks. They allowed five goals to the Sharks, and Quick still won. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just—it's—it's—it's it, 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 gone to a point with this team where you're coming up on Igor Shosturkin and a new contract. And just mm-hmm. remember this: this team made a big mistake with Lundqvist and gave him an eight-year deal after he was 30 years old. They cannot afford to make that same mistake again. They, I they agree with you on that. Cannot. They yeah. simply cannot. He has got one year left after this. And uh, listen, he'll. I chances are he will turn it around well before then. But you have to look at the future and then look at the teams that have won Stanley Cups and look at the goaltenders that have been in net for those Stanley Cups. Do we think Aiden Hill is great? No, no. Aiden Hill is playing behind a great team. Same with Logan Thompson, and that's why the both of them are putting up comparable numbers on that Vegas Knights team. Same with Allmark and Swayman. You have that defensive core in front of you where you've got McAvoy, Carlo, Lindholm, Grizzlick. I mean, you're, 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 that's a solid six that they have. They have one of the better defensive units in the entire league. But you have to look at the future with this team. And if he continues to play like this, then maybe the Rangers should start looking at a trade maybe after this season. 
because you, you, you can't afford – you cannot afford to give him an eight-year, $64 million contract at the age of 30. It, it just – you can't. You can't. You need that cap money allocated elsewhere. Chris T., you kind of missed Phil Key. He did it in the very beginning. Um, so you kind of got your wish there. So don't worry about it. He he certainly did. Um, but now – Before we kind of move on, I, I do have a qu- question. Um does Igor have a uh, at the end of his contract? Does he still have RFA status when it expires, or does he, or is he UFA? No, he's a UFA. UFA, okay. Yeah, he's a UFA. So there, there's there's no way that they can afford to do that. Um, the one thing I will say this in Igor's defense is that this team has gotten so far away from Laviolette structure, the way that they played in October and the beginning of November. They've gotten so far away from that. They need to get back on that track. They need to start playing that way again. And I don't know why they're not playing that way, but they need to. And get Blake Wheeler. Actually, you know what? Not even just Blake Wheeler. Break up that Zibanejad line. Yeah. They are horrendous at five on five. And I mean dog shit bad at five on five. They do nothing at five on five. Kreider's a ghost at five on five. So Benajad's supposed to be the play driver there. And then you have Blake Wheeler. If, if he skated any slower, time might be moving backwards. <laughs> um, I will, to conclude on Igor, I'll say this. Last, last February, we were on him. He had his worst statistical month, I think, in his career. He rebounded with a month with a 9.30 percentage, a save percentage, and a 9.40 save percentage, and a 9.31 in the playoffs. So if it's if it means he's just in a lull, he can rescue himself, get out of it. But I do gotta I do gotta agree with you, Phil. You're gonna have to start looking at whether or not a long-term solution is there with him. Because we're gonna move over to the other New York team because they did make that long-term commitment to their goaltender. And last week the Islanders 3 0, uh 13-7-7. Right now they're tied for second in the metro, and they handed LA. Their first loss, albeit in overtime, of the regular season and uh, on the road. And when you beat an elite team coming back from two goals down, we're going to get get notice and also give them some credit. They had a win over Columbus and a win over Toronto, although they made us sweat on that one. Anthony has the New York Islanders righted the ship. Well, I mean, listen to Five zero and one in the last six, um, and it's funny when Dennis Bernstein was on two weeks ago. He asked the question, you know, are the Islanders the type of team <clears throat> that can go on a, you know, an eight and one run or whatnot to kind of like get back in it? And you know, five zero and one, they're 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 you know doing the right things right now. Um, and the thing that the thing that I, I like, I mean, there's still parts of their game defensive wise they certainly need to clean up, but um, I think what's promising is that. Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell have really caught fire, and they're showing a lot of chemistry lately. Um, they're both scorching hot, especially Barzell. Um, you know, right now he's up to like an 88-point pace, um, and he's driving the team right now. Him, Horvat, and Noah Dobson, who's playing at a point-per-game level right now as well. Those guys are carrying the Islanders, and they're, they're scoring more goals than usual. They have a top-10-ranked power play, so there's certainly a lot of things to like about their game right now. Um, and listen, you, you kind of, we're talking about in our group chats and stuff, you have points. I mean, they, they do have a lot of loser points, but 
you can't fault him for it. That's the NHL's accounting, and it's there for a reason. It is what it is. So at the end of the day, you know, they have those points from losing, and they're in second place. So I, I get I get that point, certainly. Um, but for them or any player in that locker room, you know, they'll, they'll take it. They'll collect the points and um, kind of just try to keep playing more consistent hockey. And I, I feel like they've done that. I mean, I still think Lane Lambert is a big problem. Um, the unfortunate part about it is now being that, you know, the stretch they're on, the 5-0-1 and, you know, 8-1-4 in the last 13, his job's safe. Um, it's just the nature of the business. He's not going anywhere anymore. So we have to live with that. But um, they have a real opportunity because the Metro division right now is kind of just it's meh. I mean, it used to be viewed as one of the strongest divisions, and maybe it gets back to that point. You know, but you have the Hurricanes and Devils who are underachieving. You have the Flyers and Capitals that are surprising people. Um, you know, the Rangers have been in first the whole season, um, but even Philly and the Islanders are kind of creeping up on them a little bit. So it's kind of right now the Islanders have to take every opportunity they can get, keep getting points, and, you know, let's see where the chips end in kind of April. But um, I'm, I'm on the precipice of saying that, yeah, they've righted the ship. They still have areas of their game they certainly have to clean up. But for me, one of the biggest things is they say your best players have to be your best players. And right now, you know, the three, four of them are doing that. So they got a team right now in Anaheim tonight that's lost, what, 11 out of 12 boys or, or, or something like that. So uh, yeah, a it's, that's it's a lot. They need to beat um, this six game homestand they're on right now. There's two games left. And, you know, aside from the San Jose game, the debacle that they've gotten points in all of them. So they have a chance here to kind of finish it out strong. So um, just just. Keep just keep doing what they're doing right now in terms of, you know, scoring goals and getting leads on teams a little early uh, and see where it happens. But right now, um, opposed to mid-November when they looked really, really bad. Yeah, they've righted the ship in that regard. Phil, what do you think? Playing better. Uh, I don't know if I'm really impressed, but uh, I mean, technically they've lost more games than they've actually won. And uh, obviously, if not for loser points, they wouldn't be there. But I I don't know if I'm really, really impressed by this team. I know they're not operating at full strength right now, and they have some key injuries. But I, I don't know. It, it's a hot streak, and streaks come and go. Let's see what happens when that streak starts to die down a little bit. You know, and the law of averages averages out. Are, is this what they are? I, you know, I don't know, uh, but I, I'm not really, I'm really not impressed. I, I can't say that I'm impressed with them. I mean, they're not playing their best. I don't think they've righted the ship yet. I think there's still issues. They co- they still coughed up another third period lead. Uh, that's 13 times. I, I, I've been adamant about this. I can't, they, they can't do this. Uh, same thing, the Maple Leafs, they can't do it. And I'm well aware the Islanders just had a really good week and the Maple Leafs just waxed the Rangers. Because they won in regulation over there. Ever since I said they can't win in regulation, they 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 won last night. It's so a good good job, but I mean it's not sustainable. On the other hand, they're not at their best, and as Anthony said, seven one of the two, their last ten, they're they're still doing the things you need to do. Maybe this will be a stretch where they end up figuring out everything that they need to do, and then that's where we see the good play, and the results will still follow. However, right now, I am still not convinced on this team. I don't like teams that cannot keep the puck out of the net, especially 
when they need to. The New York Islanders last season were a team that could keep the puck out of their net. I would bet on them over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And right now, I'd still bet on them over the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a different story. But the Islanders, I mean, they're not playing Islander hockey. Islander hockey, get you get on top and show here's, here's the thing now, though. Islander hockey, you're used to saying that because of Barry Trotz. Everyone has to face the fact that he's not there anymore. And Lane Lambert has abandoned their system that Trotz employed. I mean, there really is no system. Um, this is Islander hockey now. This is how he wants them to play. Um, and again, there's, there's no coincidence that Matt Barzell scoring the way that he is right now, that Noah Dobson, a defenseman, is producing the way he's producing. They have so much more freedom out there. But on the flip side of things, it's also led to them not being known for what Trotz was when Trotz was there. Um, and I don't I don't see it going back to that. He, has, he doesn't have the Islanders playing that way anymore. Um, and I, I mean, at the end of the day right now, again, he's not going to change it if they keep getting points. Like I said, there's certain there's certain things that about their game they certainly have to clean up. But I mean, I think this is a little bit of the Islanders where kind of I mean they started to get a lot more respect when Trotz was there. But like pre-Trotz, they didn't get a lot of respect. I mean, if the Colorado Avalanche were on an eight one and four stretch, the league and everybody would be pumping their tires about how good they're playing. The Islanders are eight one and four stretch, and everyone's like, you know, meh. I still think it's yeah. that respect level. Um, and like I said, right no, or wrong, it's not that though. It, it's they, points. so it, it's they're getting points, but they're blowing leads left and right, and they're getting and they have a bunch of loser points. Like, is that really a sustainable way to win? Well, no, it's not. I I'd, I'd say that about the Rangers too. The Rangers were playing like shit, and they were winning games. And it, and I was saying all along that it wasn't sustainable. Same thing with the Islanders. It's not sustainable. It will eventually come back to bite you in the ass. Wait for I mean, it. Right. In their last six, though, they're five zero and one. They're not getting loser points anymore. They're five zero and one in the last six. I mean, that's that's just the fact. I mean, so, we could we could arbit- we could play arbitrary numbers all we want. I mean, but, you know, the you, important ones is what Anthony's bro, saying. Could, what two weeks ago you were calling for Lambert's head, and now now yeah, it's and you I, know, I still I still would like to be fired, but. That's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how you do that, Ben. I mean, to me, it seems like we're we're talking out one side of the mouth and then talking out the other here. I, I don't know. Well, I, I can't say that they're that impressive when we want the coach to be fired, but they're also getting points. Like, where's where's common ground here? But we can talk about it, Trotz instilling that identity. Defenses lose identity, so it comes from the top down. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's not happy with this right now, and they're going to be uh, getting there. And yeah, Anders Lee playing better of late all uh, helps. You're such you're such a good guy. I'm I'm so happy to see him to start to play better because this is a guy that you know really cares, and a lot of people are getting on him, and, and rightfully so. So I'm glad that he's you know found his game a little bit because um, you know he's he's kind of like the heartbeat of the team. But Anthony, I got to bring up a weird moment that happened on Monday night's game. Yeah that John Tavares, former Islander captain, ended up scoring his 1,000th NHL point uh, when they tied the game. And then they, they gave him the, the screen with that congratulated them. Here's a picture of it right here. And uh, it was him in his, in his Islander jersey. That's what they showed. I mean, I understand you might want to say congratulations, but there's a little bit of baggage here. Why would you do that. that in a Toronto jersey, though? 
Yeah, what they're honoring a player what that. The, what would the, the point be of that? Though? I mean, look, the 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 franchise, the the organization itself doesn't care about how the how the fans feel. I mean, it's it's two it's two different things. So, like, regardless of the fans hating them, they're still going to do right by a player that was there for nine years and their captain. So, I don't think the team did anything wrong by by doing that. They did the classy thing. They they gave him his due. Um, the fans didn't like it, but they also have to understand that, you know, the organization doesn't feel the same way as the fans do. So I don't, maybe I don't they do, any, but they're not going to do that. I don't have any issue with, with the, what the organization did by give like by putting them on the board. And I'm not surprised by it either. I mean, when he came back to the Island for the first time, they played a tribute video. Fans hated it, but it didn't matter. The team was still going to do it and that's fine. So, I mean, it's, I mean, he brought them back to relevance. He single-handedly did it. I mean, Garth Snow wasn't building a great team around him. <laughs> who 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 did they bring in to help him out? A past prime Thomas Vanek? They thought that Kyle Ocposo was the answer. Where, where was the help for John Tavares all those years? Oh, and and I'm in, I'm in agreement on all that. I think John Tavares is going to get his due, and I can't wait for the day that he does by the New York Islanders. It still stings with Islander fans. It's it's something you're just not gonna. They're not gonna accept this right now. You're going to have to wait a little bit. And there's been a history of bad blood with Islander stars going all the way back to Brian Trottier. So, I mean, it's, it's, and this is one, Tavares doesn't have the bad blood, but it comes from the fans. It, well, yeah, that's why I was, that's what the point of this is. The organization, they, they're, you're asking if it was weird that the organization did that. No, no they're it's not at all. It's not weird that the organization did it, but guys, it's weird when you know they're getting booed. That's what was he was going to get booed. It was going to happen. It doesn't matter if he they was booed or not, though. They that's don't care that he was going to get booed. Doesn't right. matter. It really doesn't matter if he gets booed or not. He he did all of that for this franchise and helped bring this franchise back to something respectable. They were a joke before he came along. They were a joke. There was stuff going around. They'll locate them to Kansas City again. Not that that was actually going to happen. But that you know, those are the chants, Kansas City. You remember the Ranger fans doing those chants and other fans doing those chants? Yeah. That's what they did. And that, that's how bad they were for so long. And this guy comes in, is their franchise player for nearly a decade. And, and you know what? Yeah, the leaving the, the part the way that he left was controversial. And I know fans are gonna have fan blood, but why would the organization not pay tribute to someone who probably deserves to have his number retired there? You know what? Good point, guys. Because I didn't really think about it like that. And, and if anything, I gotta say, class move by the Islanders. Because after all, they were their most successful years individually. Tavares, team wise, since he left. So there we go. All right, we're gonna be going on to bar talk, everybody. And first, a minute, a message from DraftKings. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just. $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. 
Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I say it every week. I love that soundbite, Anthony, because you call me a hack right after that. Everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. And you're so confident that you're buying everybody around. So, so I'll have a beer. Or, oh, I need a shot. Uh, maybe I'll do one again on camera this week. I'm not sure. But, you know, play along down in the comments below. And also, why go to the liquor store when you can make it a drizzly night? Click the link in the description below and have them bring the liquor to you. Now, here's a player that's been in the news lately because Vancouver Canucks are taking calls on Andre Kuzmenko. Phil, Andre Kuzmenko would be a good fit for the Rangers. You really? You changed you changed this around on me. Just to let Phil know. Oh, that the Rangers. Well, of course the Rangers should go get him. That's why I said good fit. Yeah, but there's 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 other stuff that goes with that in terms of cap, like realistic other obstacles. This is just this that is totally falls under this. That falls under that. The but Rangers can get him under the cap let's, too. Let's let's go ahead. All yeah, right, just layup. God damn it, layup. <laughs> okay. What? So they need a right winger that can score, correct? They need a right winger that can generate offense, something that can get Zvenijan and Kreider going. It's a good fit in that regard. Uh, I believe he only has one year left on his yeah, deal. He does. One, yeah, he's one got year. a two-year deal. One year. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if Vancouver retains, they can make this work, or they could send salary back the other way. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good fit. It's 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 an absolute layup. They they need something to come in and help this team out offensively. Yes, this is a guy that they would look at. I wanted him la- I wanted him two years ago, but they couldn't get him. So here we are. Anthony. Yeah, I'm going round. Um, I think I think he's a real he's a real great player. I mean, 39 goals last year, 74 points. Now. It's important to note last year he was shooting at something ridiculous, like almost 27 shooting percentage, which yeah, un- un- unbelievable. But I, I also think he's better than you know, right now he's maybe 15 or so points, but I think he's better than that. So I still think he's you know, uh, close to a 70 point player. So I have no qualms, even though he's not having as good as he is last year, I would still trade for him. Um, I think he would be a great fit for the Rangers. Uh, the only thing is the Canucks, you know, they they don't have to move them, um, but I, I they do prefer to move cap space. So if the Rangers can make him a good offer, um, you know, I think it's certainly a possibility that he's dealt. So uh, if the Rangers can make it work, uh, they'd be insane not to. Uh, the only reason why I'm going beer on this, and I'm going to explain why I'm going beer on it, not because the Rangers don't need right wing help. Philk has been saying it. I wrote about it in the blog on Christmas Wishes. They need right-wing help. My concern is the health of Filipino. If Filipino is going to miss a lot more time, possibly the season, or possibly longer, 
the Rangers need to look for another center. And if that's the case, yeah, Kuzmenko would fit very nicely on that first and line. That doesn't impact this question, though. That's the thing. All right. Well, then should the Rangers go try? The actual wording was, should the Rangers try to go get him? I figured this was a better headline. Anthony, my apologies. <laughs> um, but that's that does impact this question. Because it's not going gonna, to right now, buddy. Let right. There's, there, that's not happening. Vancouver's not a seller. Vancouver's a buyer, not a seller. And here's the other thing about the situation. Because if Kako's injury is more severe, what are the Rangers trading? And uh, I was asked this question today. Do you think would the should the Rangers go out and trade for a defenseman? As, as currently constituted, do you think this team can trade a guy like Brennan Ottman? The answer is no. The answer is hell no. They need to. I, I think they'd be better served giving him the shot towards the end of the year than trading him. Correct. Because nobody going to bring in might be better than him right there. But speaking about a guy who won the Calder Trophy at one point and is having a real good season. Islanders Matt Barzell, 90, uh, sorry, 29 points. I reversed it right there for a second, guys. 26 games. He's on pace for 92. Anthony, Barzell's going to reach 85-plus points again. Um, well, he, he missed some games, so based, based on him already missing games, he's actually on pace for 88 points, but I know what you were saying. That, that was based off an 82-game season. Um, I mean, he's, he's playing really well right now. Uh, He's has something ridiculous. He just had a stretch where he had 10 points in his last four games. Um, and then the other night happened, pick up some more points. I don't know the exact number now, but uh, I mean, it, as long as Lane Lambert keeps kind of giving him the freedom to go out there and, and do his thing. Um, I, I mean, I see 75 as an absolute baseline. I, I think he could certainly get to 80 if he keeps playing this way. Uh, and especially if him and Horvat keep connecting the way they're connecting too. But um, this is the best I've seen him play since his rookie year. He seems pretty confident. Um, you know, he's he's what I'm finding too is what he's doing is he's shooting a little bit more, and that's making def defensemen kind of respect his shot too, where in the past they knew he was going to pass the puck. Uh, but now that he's shooting a little bit more, he has a little more leeway out there. So, uh, I like what I see of him right now. So I'll, I'll say beer, but I mean, I, I certainly think he's going to get close to it. Phil, what do you think? I pretty much in line with what Anthony just said. I, I really wonder about the way that he shoots the puck. Um, the shot's not great. It's not bad by any means, but it, it, it's not great either. Um, so while you may have to respect it, you don't necessarily fear it either. Um, Barzal passes Marner in what regard? Points? Because if that's what you're thinking, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Marner's on another level, buddy. Um, let's let's be real here. But um, Barzal's a very good playmaker. Not so much a shooter, but I, I I just I wonder about him because there's just times where he sometimes gets into his own head and starts dancing around with the puck a little too much. And, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily can buy into the whole he hasn't had the freedom to go do these things. I mean, maybe Trotz would give him a benching every now and then um, when he would do that sort of stuff. And Lambert doesn't do that. I guess that's what you mean by that. But um, I, 
I don't know. I, I I think he'll probably end up somewhere between 80 and 85 if he keeps this up. But um, I definitely don't see him finishing with 90 points or something. All right, but is that a beer or is that a plot? Is it, is a, that a round? I'm, I'm going to go beer. Yeah, I'm actually going to go round on this one, guys, because I just think there's something different about him this year. And I think it is that he's adjusted to playing wing, and now he's trying to shoot the puck a lot more. Anthony, I know you're going to love that I'm going to bring this up. The OT winner that he scored against Carolina. He he passed the puck back to Dobson. This is uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then cranked and then raised his stick to call for it and, ran, and just uh, put it in the net on a one-timer. The last year, I'm not sure if he calls for that. This year, he's calling for the shot. Now he's trying to actually make those shots. Yeah, well, Dobson, Dobson absolutely froze Kachekov because um, he he wound up like he was going to shoot. Uh, that was a beautiful play by both of them. But I, I absolutely know what you, what you mean. What what you mean by that? And having him at the wing, along with Horvat. Now Horvat's got all the center responsibilities. I think it's just working out great for him right now. And yeah, I, I like that fit too there. I think Horvat, uh, although I don't think Horvat's a Selkie caliber player, I think he's an above average defensive player. Um, and I think that does take a little bit off of Matt Barzell's shoulders. You don't have to worry about that as much. So I definitely do think that that helps him. Well, one guy that's known for shooting the puck guys and one guy that you just, you're wondering when he's going to find his game this year. Alex Ovechkin, five goals, 11 assists, 16 points with the Washington Capitals. Anthony, you're the Ovi guy. I got to go to you first. Ovi will find his game, and he'll score. We'll put a number on it, 35-plus goals this season. I mean, I, I really want to. I mean, Phil knows how much I've loved him since he came to the league, and I think it would be a great story for him to to break the record. And, you know, up last year with how he was playing, I think, you know, everyone thought he kind of would. Um I mean, five goals for him at this point uh, in the season is, is you know, something that he, you never expect. Oh, Alex Ovechkin to have five goals in, you know, mid-December, but here we are. So, um, listen, father time is undefeated, right? They, they, they come, he comes for all of us. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, 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 in my heart, I want to say he's going to kind of snap out of it and he's going to go on one of his Ovechkin tears, but... Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really think it's going to happen. Uh, as far as 35 goals, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go shot. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Hopefully he, you know, I would love to see him prove me wrong. Cause if he scores 35 this year, he's kind of back on track to, you know, maybe have a real good shot at breaking the record, but I, I don't see him scoring 35. Um, I'm going to say maybe he scores 25, uh, but I, like I said, I want to, but I just, my like I said, my heart's I saying yes. He's right about this. I think two, I think two of those five goals are empty netters. I think he, I, I think I, you might be right too. Yeah. I I if I, I want to see something here, I'm just taking a look at it. So right now, um, he one of his goals is a power play goal, and I I can't see on hockey reference if he has it. Empty netters, it doesn't show that on there, at least. Now, yeah, I, I, I think Pete is right. So yeah, I, that's, I, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's really not good. And I, I've said this in the past. I'm going to go shot here. I, so I, I, 
I'll tell you right now, that 38-year-old mark where people hit and their games just start to just go downhill, that's real. That is absolutely real. We're seeing it right now. And I, I think it's not just the fact that he's at that age. It's it's hard mileage on his body, and it's so many games that he's played. Because you got to think about it. The Capitals have missed the playoffs, what, twice, maybe three times in his career. It, 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 this is it, – it's it's long, hard, tough mileage on a, on a body like his – and he, he's played 1,372 games at 38 years old. And then you got to add in those playoff games on top of that. And well, fortunately for him, most of those playoff games are just one round out. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, I had that. No, no. 08, 09, 14 games, Eastern Conference Finals. 2012, 14 games, second round exit. 15, 14 games, second round exit. Well, no, no, no. 0809. 0809. They beat the Rangers and then they played, I think, seven against the Canadians. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. 0809. I'm sorry. They lost in the second round to the Penguins. It wasn't a conference finals appearance. Sorry. Oh, that was right. That's when he yeah, scored. That was when they lost to Pittsburgh in seven games and then they had the dueling hat tricks against each other. But that was, that was a, a yeah, game, game, too. That was a great game. Uh, but to get another one in for Anthony right here, because I, I know you're under a time crunch. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go shot on this one too, guys, because it, there's no playmakers. Who's getting them the puck? He doesn't work with Kuznetsov. He, he hasn't worked well with Kuznetsov since the 2018 playoffs. And Backstrom's been his guy for all of his career. This is – it's definitely an issue. I mean, they're Washington's winning games and they're playing well as a team, but he's falling off. He's falling yeah. off hard. Which and is amazing because I said when to, when his legs go, he's just going to be Brett Hull. This isn't the twenty. This isn't the twenty twelve twenty thirteen Ovechkin either, where he had that slow start to the season yeah. and came back and won the Richard and the Art Ross. All right, yeah, uh, and the Hart. No, that that's this is this is a different animal we're dealing with here. Yeah, and if you look at the Metropolitan Division, you can see the Washington Capitals right there in fourth place. They're tied actually. With Carolina for third. Actually, they're tied for fourth because Carolina and the Islanders are tied for second. So my bad on that one, and the Rangers are in first. Guys, the Carolina Hurricanes will not be a top three team this season. And you know what? Pete, I know you're in the chat. I'm going to start off. They're not making it. They're going to have to be a wild card. They have no consistency in their goaltending. Right now, if I told you guys that the team – that I know, I think two of you guys picked them to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, or I picked New Jersey. Yep. I know Anthony picked Carolina. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if I told you that we're in the middle of December and they're even in goal differential, ninety-one and ninety-one, and I still don't know who their starting goaltender is going to be tomorrow because they're playing three damn goalies. If you, yeah, it's just wow, and that's an even bigger indictment. An 876 day percentage as a team. Anthony, go ahead. Yeah, I got to run, so I'm just going to go quick uh, with this one. Um, You know, I think the Flyers are eventually going to fall off. I mean, I'll give them their due. They've they've surprised a lot of people, so I don't think the Flyers are going to keep occupying one of those three spots. Um, But then again, like Pete Pete just said, if the Hurricanes don't fix their goaltending, 
it's not going to matter. They're not going to they're not going to take one of those spots from the Flyers because you're not wow. you're not going to win with goaltending like that. Um, it's it's really not good. Uh, Smetchnikov's going to be out for a while. Um, so I mean, I can't say convincingly. So I'm, I'm not going to say round, but uh, I'm I'm going to go beer here. I mean, I think the Hurricanes could be in some serious trouble. Phil, I'm with Anthony on that. You you just lost Andre Svechnikov. The goaltending has been suspect for a while for them. Freddie Anderson, obviously, you guys though. Of all, see you later, Anthony. Um, but they have just not played good hockey, and and like Pete is saying here, um, where where was it? There it is. They aren't high danger chances that they're letting in. They're they're letting in soft goals. So Carolina is basically seeing right now what's happening with Igor Shesterkin with their two goaltenders as opposed to the Rangers having to deal with it with just one. So um, And and you know what, Phil? Let me throw one other thing out at you. Seven and ten on the road. Yeah. That, they, that, that's not going to happen. That was a problem for them in the playoffs, too. They were undefeated at home until the Rangers beat them in game seven in that second round series. And they could not win on the road. They do yep. not play well on the road. Um, yeah, you, you don't play 82 games a season at home. You play 41 of them. So, and that's that's a big, big problem. And not only that, but they Brett Pesci's still out of the lineup. We don't even know how long he's going to be out for. That, that's a big blow to their defense. And you, you brought back Tony D'Angelo. And Tony D'Angelo just really doesn't do anything for you defensively and he's not giving you the offensive numbers that you would need to negate that dip, that poor defensive play and uh <laughs> i gotta throw one else at you i'm not exactly sure and that's why i'm trying to get there quick uh, is dimitri orlov really gelling well with this team too it's kind of like i mean i know michael bunting's got 17 points but dimitri or- orlov is just like eh i mean all right 12 That's points for like him. a good deal so far. Yeah. not looking like a good deal so far. No, he's got not looking like a great deal so far. One goal, and he's a minus eight. That's bad. Well, and we're going to switch over to the next division and go right to the Atlantic, Philk. You look at the numbers right here, Boston at 39, 36 for Florida, 35 for Toronto, 36 for Detroit, and 31 for Tampa, who's tied for the last playoff spot. By the way, I really think think that's good there's there's gonna be a good long jam at the the top of that division it means the points are gonna have to come from somewhere and tampa bay is gonna miss the playoffs this year i don't know if i'm sold on florida i I, i'm i really am not sure if i'm sold on florida Uh, and that that team i i know that guys like ekblad and montour are back and everything like that but that, that team could just just as easily fall apart defensively. Uh, I mean, I know they're relatively the same team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I, I just – I have my qualms about that team. And Tampa Bay, they're just consistently getting the offense from Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Hedman's not playing – Hedman is clearly not playing the same. He's nowhere near the Norris caliber guy that he was previously – Sergachev seems like he's stepped up a bit, but there are also times where your play just kind of leaves you scratching your head. Um, I, I still wonder about Vasilevsky, though, so 
I'm going to say beer because there is a chance that they could, but this, I, I feel like this team is going to somehow circumvent the cap like they always do and find a way to make a move and they're going to be, they're going to make the playoffs. So uh, I'll tell you one thing, this team needs to figure out whether or not they're going to be making the playoffs or not, if they're going to make a run, because if there's any chance that they might be heading for a divorce with Steven Stamkos, they need to know that sooner than later. Um, and the funny part is it might be from the team's perspective. It might even not be from Stamkos because uh, he still got the impression that he wants to stay. I'm going to actually say beer on this one as well, only because, Phil, you can't count Tampa Bay out. Because they're – I, I can't, yeah. They're the team that's going to go on a run, but sooner or later you're going to have to pay the piper because it's – you can't do it forever. And a matter of fact uh, – they disappointed a lot of teams when they couldn't, when they had the best record in 2019 and it looked like they were going to go all the way and then they got upset by Columbus. Remember the team that won the Stanley Cup that year? It was the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues, and they fired Craig Berube, who is the coach that led them to that Stanley Cup. St. Louis was right to fire Berube now, Phil. They, I believe, went three and seven in their last ten. And they were in a playoff spot before. I think they're just outside right now. If I looked at the standings, I, I really don't think it's all his fault. And I know that the coach gets the axe because you can't, you can't fire, you can't fire twenty players. You can fire one coach, but. The, the roster is just not constructed well. I mean, they're only one point outside of a playoff spot. Right now, they're they're one point behind Arizona for that last playoff spot. Um, Edmonton has two games in hand, though, on both St. Louis and Arizona. And they're, and Edmonton's tied with St. Louis in points of 27. I, I, I don't like the roster. I don't. I don't. Tory Krug, okay. Justin Falk, overkill. The real problem is, is that they needed Colton Pareko to play more like a Norris candidate, mm-hmm. and he has not been good over the last couple of years or so. Um, it seems like ever since Alex Petrangelo left, Colton Pareko just never took that next step to go forward and become that better defenseman. And maybe it was a bit much to ask of him at that age. And at that point in his career, but um, I, I just I don't like this roster construction. Yeah, they've got Cairo. Yeah, they've got Thomas. Yeah, they've got Bochnevich. But Brandon Sod's on his way out. He he's not a he's not really like an impact player anymore. Who else do they really have that's going to help put up points on that team? There's not a lot of scoring. The defense isn't great overall. Jordan Bennington is, as we've seen, a very streaky goaltender. I mean, he played. Played Ugh. better this year, I guess you could say. But um, I mean, you're only going to go as far as your goaltending takes you. And you know, as Ranger fans, we can we can kind of look at that and attest to it. But the roster construction is not great. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna say sh- uh, round. I'm actually gonna say round here because they had to do something to get this season on track. They're not going to go scorch or rebuild, even though I think that they should. They won't but they should. And obviously, you know, 
Justin Falk, Tory Krug. Tory Krug didn't want to waive his new trade clause to go to the Flyers. So you know that he he's not gonna he's not gonna go. So I guess they they tried, but they couldn't. So I, I guess this is the right move since they have to go forward. Phil, do you remember that Simpsons where uh Krusty the Clown was retiring and uh everybody got up and said, Krusty, why now? Uh why not like 10 years ago? That's kind of how we felt hearing it this morning, going, what really changed for St. Louis? But this did change. I got I got the numbers right here. They last 10 games at three and seven. And they have 27 goals for 42 goals against. In um in uh in the the article I wrote, Christmas wishes for your team, I was giving them the the movie identity so they can kind of figure out who, who they are. I think they still got to figure that out because I think they actually got bad enough where you could say, All right, let's fire the coach. They're installing Drew Bannister, which, by the way, Phil, how old does that make you feel when guys that we were watching at the end of their careers on the New York Rangers are now getting coaching jobs? Drew Bannister, man. Um, wow. Which, by the way, well, congratulations. Well, the Rangers was on? A what? 97, 98 Rangers, I think he was. I think even later. I think even later. Go go look that up right, right now as I just finished the thought. But, I mean – I, I think St. Louis needs to go with the harsh truth of they need to go with a soft One Rangers, I was three games. Okay. Yeah. And I do remember him being a New York Ranger too. Yeah. It's one of those guys that it, it, it's, you know, what's 2001 to 2000, 2001 was a, that year where there were a ton of guys that they brought up from the minors that year that really never stuck with the team. Like between him, Tom, Vita, Johan Vita Hall, Jeff um, Toms, yeah. I mean, um, Thomas Pock was he on that team? No, Pock wasn't uh, brought in until 0304, I believe. Okay, I think he had a stint with the Islanders too. He did, he yeah. did like in the uh, late 2000s. Hey, Phil, probably the second hottest team in the league, I would say. I mean, you got seven and three, you have um, you had Nashville Predators, but who would you say is the hottest team in the NHL right now? Hottest team in the NHL right now? I don't even know, really. Okay. Well, then I'll answer it for you. I thought you were definitely going to say it. Because the Edmonton Oilers have won eight straight games. Oh, wow, yeah. Under Chris Knobloch. And the Edmonton Oilers will finish in the top three of the Pacific. We just lost Mark for a second. Technical difficulty. He'll probably be back. Connection probably just kicked him. And there he is. All right. I'm putting myself back. This is what happens when I'm trying to use the laptop, guys. Uh, Phil, Phil, I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to say, shot. They're not a top three team. Not in that division. You're going to have Vegas. Vancouver has already beat them, but Vancouver's slowing down. That's the team I would say you have a shot at catching right now. But they still have issues in net. They still have issues with their defense. Granted, Connor McDavid right now, Phil, I got it for you right here. Eight goals, 20 assists in his last 13 games. I'm pretty sure you can only do that in a video game. Although, you know, credit to Matt Barzell, who's got 7-13 and 13 for 18 points, and Kucherov and McKinnon, who are better than him. But, Phil, I, I, that's, that's the wrong vi- division to be starting as bad as they did and then try to be a top-three team. 
And if they get the LA Kings again, maybe the Kings might have the answer for them, which they haven't done the last two years. What do you think? Uh, they're nine points back of LA, <coughs> 12 back of Vancouver, but they have three games in hand on Vancouver. Vancouver seems to be slowing down a bit as compared to where they were earlier on in the year. Even if you look at the stats, I mean, Pedersen has slowed down quite a bit. Um, he had a real hot start. Quinn Hughes, same thing, slowed down quite a bit. GT Miller has been consistent, though. Can't believe GT Miller's second in league scoring right now. Um, I can't say shot because I it's McDavid. Yep. McDavid can put up three to four points every night if he wants to. It's it's just it's his world. Everyone else lives in it. That's it. I'm gonna say beer. I I do think that McDavid can drag them there. I don't know if it's gonna happen for sure, but I wouldn't rule him and Drysaitel out. I, I you just can't sleep on them. That's why they're the two best players in the world. I just it, – it's still hard to look at them and see all the problems that I said at the beginning of the season and then go, all right, well, they're fixed. They're fine. I mean, yeah, Edmonton like, still – since the coaching change, 34 goals against, and that's better than the two New York teams, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it, it's – he he's on pace for like 130 points again, McDavid. And – He's not not far off from Kucherov, and I could easily see him overtaking Kucherov just because he's just what he does on a night-to-night basis. The mm. goal he scored the other night where he went around everybody and then tucked it in backhand, that's stupid. He's playing a video game. He's he, Yeah, I, we're uh, it's Connor McDavid's world, and we're all just living in it. So that's kind of the way to, to look at that. And, Phil, I threw this one in here just to talk about it one more time. The NHL could use a midseason tournament like the NBA. No, no, no. Enough. You know what? It deserves a little shot glass. That's what that deserves. We're going to leave that one up. Phil, they don't hand out the Stanley Cup in a midseason tournament. Why no. would they? Why would the NHL do it? The only no. reason why the only reason why I'll actually upgrade my answer to beer. Wait for it, because they do need a tournament. Every four years, only international players. Usually it's something with an O, but that's about it. Other than that, no. You don't ever need. You hand out the Stanley Cup in, in June. That's it. So, guys, thanks very much for joining us on Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We were engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. So, guys, uh, you want to play a quick game of Puck Doku, uh, Puck Doku Phil, or do you have to run? I'm going to have to run. All right. Well, I can always answer a couple questions first. Yeah, midseason tournament, John saying, Bleh. Just no. I'll, I have like a few more minutes for some questions. No problem. We'll just answer some questions and then we'll get we'll get on. I, the, here's the problem with this, Pete. It's not, the, it's not the tournament itself that needs to help actually market the league. It's the league themselves that needs to be better at marketing the league. It doesn't matter what tournament they do if the league can't market its own players, not only that, 
but the players have personalities of dried up card of wet cardboard, I should say. I, I mean, Connor McDavid, if this guy had a personality, he would be gold. He would be gold. And that's and ultimately we all just want the cap to go up and we want more salaries in the players to have better salaries and stuff like that. We want, we want the money, but the NHL doesn't know how to market its teams and its superstars. And that's a problem. That's the biggest problem. The NHL, I would tell you has a lot of the best personalities in sports. They are, they they don't allow them to really let go and exhibit those personalities. The other problem is a lot of the guys that do exhibit those personalities are foreign guys like David Pasternak, who I guess the average fan might have trouble connecting with that. Cause like, I didn't really realize Yammer Yager had such a great personality for years and he was fantastic. I mean, it's, and he was even against my team playing on my team. Like it's some of those things you don't realize. I'll tell you this. There is one guy that can break that mold. And sometimes he does it. Sometimes he, he like, he's like Homer Simpson coming in and out of the bushes. Yeah. I used the second Simpsons reference. It was one of the best shows on TV guys, but, and that's Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk could be that guy. Well, they had Ronick for years and yeah. they just, they didn't market Ronick well enough. And I, I do agree with you on Matthew Kachuk. Um, Yager, I, I can't even say that they missed the boat on Yager because I don't think Yager really showed that side of his personality until he came back from Russia. Mm. That's really, that's really um, the, the problem with that one. And, you know, when you see the, the whole, uh, my name is David Krejci. I'm from Czech Republic. My favorite yeah. player growing up was Yarmir Yager. Hi, I am Yarmir Yager. And my favorite player growing up was <laughs> Yarmir Yager. Like, like, that 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 stuff is great. We, we, you, the NHL needs Yarmir Yager. Yarmir Yager, I think, is much happier now than he was with the Rangers or with the Penguins. I, I don't think the and honestly, I don't think the NHL really was looking to market him back then, like they should have. But I, I I do think that the NHL needs to allow these guys to have more of a personality. That's part of it. They also need to market them better. Um, Mario was saying it right here that the NBA has a midseason tournament. Uh, sorry, the NHL's got a midseason tournament. It's called uh, the All Star Game. But the other question I had with the NBA is, I was sitting there going, so it, it goes for about a month. They're playing games on Tuesdays and Fridays, but in the middle of it, they're playing regular season games. And I still ask the question: How does the team that win it all? play the same amount of games as a team that gets eliminated right away. And then you saw Boston with some weird substitutions. Like they didn't give a crap about it when they went down to, to uh, Indiana. It's a, it's a stupid concept. You got to play 82 games, move on. And then that's it. So. Yeah. I, I don't like the, I don't like the NBA mid season tournament. I don't, it, what, what, what is it for? What does it do? I mean, I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, John Radigan is saying Simpsons reference. I saw Oingo, Oingo Boingo live. That was Danny Elfman's band. I do know that. Uh, how's that You're for old? Nice. Yeah. Dead man's party. Yeah. Well, um, Oingo Boingo. I mean, thanks for not being that successful. And Danny Elfman was able to 
create some of the most legendary themes for everything, especially the Batman theme. The Batman theme. The Batman think, theme, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, obviously, the original Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Weird Science. Weird Science, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much better stuff that guy has done thanks thanks to him not really succeeding. Sort of like, uh, although I have my opinions on now, Taika Waititi and his acting career. Thank God it didn't go anywhere. So he was able to make some good movies, although he's gotten a little bit too full of himself too lately. Taika Waititi's actually had some good roles in some good movies, like Free Guy. He was he was yeah. one. And he was great as Korg in Thor Ragnarok and all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, but, he, but you, you look at the difference between Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. And that, that's a lot. Jack Hughes, great personality, actually. He's uh, And they are somewhat marketing him. Still not that great. And there's... There's gonna be guys coming up at least that they're gonna be personable and and like Panarin's got a great personality, as I said. All right, Philk, you got anything uh, planned for you watching some AEW tonight? Uh, yeah, gonna go hang out with a friend. Nice. All right. Well, guys, we're gonna wrap it up right there. And um, usually I play the outro music. I think we're gonna be a little bit more abrupt with this because uh, we did have a lot that we had to cover. We didn't even have a B block today. So, and we had a lot that we had to do. So, thanks very much for joining us, guys. Uh, lots of concern. Phil, who do the Rangers get next? Uh, I think that is... Oh, Bruins on Saturday. Or no, Ducks on Friday, Bruins on Saturday. Those are going to be two big games. You're going to have to take care of business against the Ducks. And then it's another statement game against the Bruins. And the Bruins, you know, 7-4... Last time, that that's not going to be that. Rangers got some injury woes, and I mean, not having Keandre Miller in the lineup, not a good thing. Uh, I never checked on how much Matthew Robertson played last night. I don't think he played much. I'm still not a big believer in Zach Jones. No, I I don't think he's an NHL defenseman. Uh, I think that pairing with him and Schneider is disastrous because Schneider hasn't been good this season either. But they. I don't know. Maybe they need to make a trade to bring the defense because Schneider has not been good this season at all. Quickly before you go, do you think they have enough assets to get Noah Hannafin? Yeah, but I don't think they want to give up the assets to go get Noah Hannafin. Yeah. I think Heedle's health is going to change this entire season for them. Because if he's not healthy, I don't know where they go. Because they don't have the assets to go get go get uh, a bigger player. And if you have Nick Benino as your third-line center, that's no good. Nick Benino as your fourth-line center, that is fine. So, I don't know. And I, and that fourth line has been playing well. Got to give it up to Jimmy Vesey, who just keeps producing. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody, thank you very much. We will talk to you next week, if not sooner, if that man does another final cut. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Editing software. Final buzzer with John Folkowski. Everybody, thank you very much. Have a good night.